sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Miller. Dirty Harry Miller. Dirty Harry Miller Podcast. Dirty Harry Miller Podcast. Every penny's worth. Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute. One podcast that reviews every minute of the 1971 Warner Brothers classic starring Andy Robinson, uh, Minute by Minute. I'm your host, John, and I'm joined by returning guest, Redmond. Hello, hello. And your sister, named... Evelyn. Evelyn. (laughs) And uh, Belfast native originally, Martin Anderson. Hello. Hi, John. It's good to come back. Thank you for hosting us again. And, of course, stateside guest, one part of Indiana Jones Minute Podcast, Pete Mummett. Pete, hello. Hey, thanks for having me back. You're welcome. As a San Franciscan resident, your <laughs> your advice is invaluable. <laughs> <laughs> I have some thoughts on this minute coming up. Well, great. I'll introduce it quickly then. Minute 89. The minute begins with the mayor saying, he's got a bus full of kids. And ends with that bus crossing what appears to be the Golden Gate Bridge. What did you think of this minute, Pete? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this minute. Um, it uh, I had a lot of questions about the geography, but it, it's uh, I, this is one of my favorite movies in the minute. Minutes in the movie. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we've still got the last few moments of the office scene to talk about. Um, I like how the mayor's so angry; his nose sort of. What's the word? <laughs> Flares up. Flares up. Crinkles. Yeah. Yeah. John Vernon, are you? Have you encountered it? He's in National Lamp, um, Animal House, isn't he, Pete? Are you a big fan of John Vernon? You know, he's one of those guys that I always recognize, but I never know what I recognize him from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Kind of like the AV guy. I know I've seen the AV guy in a bunch of stuff, but I, I have no idea what that was. Well, it's Richard Nixon. <laughs> it comes back to that that question we have as foreigners um pete can a mayor order a policeman what to do it's a direct order can a mayor issue such an instruction ah uh, i i have no idea actually <laughs> either way it's that i'm gonna be wrong I've, i'm gonna say in the 70s maybe they, they could certainly they appear to be able to strongly suggest to have things done. Um, Even back in the 40s with, like, the film noir, it was always the, the strong mayor who controlled either the crime syndicate or the police or both. Mm. Yeah. I was actually just thinking in Super Trooper 2, um, <laughs> uh, they, uh, uh, the mayor uh, definitely tells the the guys what to yeah. do. And that's the one where they go to Canada it turns out the small Canadian town is actually part of the American border. Right. And then they, yeah, it's a really good movie. I do suggest you all watch it. <laughs> the, the mayor is also the original Wonder Woman, so. It is quite, um, it's quite confronting, I find, as a, as a someone who's grown up in the sort of Irish or British legal system and the Australian legal system, the idea of a, an elected official giving direct orders to police is sort of, mm-hmm. it's a strange thing in our system and, and it, voting and for judges as well yeah yeah, mm. oh, yeah. it's weird yeah. it's weird we have a we we had an old mayor here pete called john so 
<laughs> and he was sort of big in the Chinese community and he released a single, a, a, like a jingle. It was, John, so he's our bro, he's your bro. And that's <laughs> the only power he had was to release he pop songs. He was actually incredibly popular with everyone. Yeah. Everyone loved him. Could he mm. order a policeman? I don't know if he could order a policeman around to do his, his bidding, but um, he, was, he was very popular with the entire Melbourne community. We were very sad to see oh, him nice. go. I'm sure it happens here, but it's probably more behind the scenes. It'd be behind the scenes meeting, I'm sure, between the minister and the police chief here, and then the police chief would then. But it has to be the police chief that seemed to be making his or her own mind up about um, the orders, but they might be getting pressure behind the scenes from the politicians. I think they and, definitely work together in some way, but not like, I don't think it's like taking direct orders. Pete, what are we to make of the word molest? Was it a different meaning in the 70s? Like, the mayor uses the unfortunate word molest twice. He doesn't want the killer to be molested. And we're dealing with school kids now. <laughs> I wonder what the meaning of molest... I mean, anyway. Mm. Is there any any reason he uses that word twice? He will not be molested. He won't be molested. Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. I feel like that, that maybe it's more of an American thing, that, that that can be used pretty interchangeably not involving kids. Oh. Not not so much now, but I'd, I'd say then it could pretty easily. It was pretty common to be used. Like molesting was just bothering somebody. Oh, okay. Like a harassment. Or interfere. Yeah, exactly. But, but it's like exactly. harassment where you, where you physically touch someone up. Oh. I mean, sorry, not like that. But like physically, <laughs> like maybe harm them in some way. Right, right. Yeah, so like it's not like a harassment where you're just maybe yelling at someone, hey, fuck off. But it's more of a you're actually up in their face. Yeah, maybe interfering with something they're doing. Yeah. I thought it was either either an anachronism from the 70s or some kind of legal term, molest, and some legal. Um, oh, maybe. But yeah, I think today it's pretty much you think of the other yeah. sense of the meaning today. Here's another quote, guys. Harry Callahan is a throwback to the days of the Wild West when a sheriff could keep the peace simply by shooting the bad guys and asking questions later. <laughs> That's Dirty Harry, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, Clint Eastwood is obviously no stranger to a Western. This has definitely got yeah. those tropes, Western tropes in there. Um, but Harry's not like, he's not the sheriff. Sheriff is somebody who's an authority figure. He's, he's still kind of considered like a lackey in this. Even if you don't look as look at Harry as being like a guardian with protecting the the city, he must be. You can understand why he's getting pretty angry. I mean, he got in trouble the first time for not having a report ready. You know, sitting on his ass while he's waiting for the mayor. <laughs> then he did prepare a arrest report. Okay, it contained torture, <laughs> and the, <laughs> the DA crucified him. And now the mayor's calling him a potential molester. So. I can understand why Harry's angry at all of these people well, in his life. I mean, he doesn't have a good track record with with Scorpio. I mean, he he did torture him on the Oval, <laughs> and yeah. and then Scorpio framed Harry as harassing and beating him up later on. So I guess I guess the mayor and friends don't really trust Harry, but they do trust him enough to take a bag of. Money <laughs> to Scorpio and save the school kids. <laughs> I don't know. Or is is it that there's no? I don't know. I mean, this is pure fancy, but 
is everyone on holiday or something? Are no other police police uh, officers to to step into the breach, as it were? Um, maybe everyone's walked away or um, pulled their sick leave on on this particular event to make sure they're not around to <laughs> yeah. be involved. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Martin? Yeah, as we said, I find it very strange that given the track record and the mayor's clear dislike of Dirty Harry, why why would he call him back in to you know, be any, anywhere near this this new uh, Scorpio incident? It seems uh, for for a man who's just been reelected, um, yeah, it seems very uh, politically uh, inastute, if that's a word. Yeah, I agree. I um I I never thought I would defend try to defend Dirty Harry, but. <laughs> I, I was thinking he's not—he's not deliberately going looking out. For, he's not deliberately going out looking for trouble. I, I was surprised in the first—I don't know if we're allowed to refer back, John—but the scene of the the bank robbery at the beginning of the movie where he 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 calls the he calls the robbery and process in, and he's going to continue eating his hot dog. He doesn't want to get involved. He's waiting for the cavalry to arrive. He's not yeah. interested in getting involved. Well, he's mm-hmm. a homicide man. He doesn't want to lower so himself. He, to yeah, him. so he's—he's he's not. He doesn't think, oh, great, I've got an opportunity to go and kill some people here. He phones it in and, wait, and is trying to wait for, uh, yeah, good for the others to arrive. And, yeah. and here it's not like he's, I don't think, he, I, don't, I never got the impression that he was enjoying necessarily being in this situation, but it's just he feels it's his duty to, and this is the way he thinks he, he has to deal with it. Yeah. So um, He's done some pretty questionable police work, though. Like I, he, the fact that he didn't get a warrant, like he, he could have easily gotten a warrant after he tortured Scorpio. <laughs> like before going through his stuff. Well, the obvious, it's 1971. Just deny it, right? I didn't torture him. What? Yeah. What? Well, yeah. 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 There's no one no one filming you with their and putting it on social media. So you're, uh, you're, you're in the clear. Yeah, clear. Yeah. I'd be annoyed if I was Harry. This mayor's never happy. I mean, according to the timeline, he's either A, just had a great day because I said he's, he's got a lead. <laughs> he's got a lead on the Buena Vista mugger. Or possibly he's just the afterglow. He's just slept with Chico's wife, perhaps, when they they walk whoa, down the steps. So, whoa, whoa, where's that whoa. coming from? Why would he do that to his mates? I don't know. I really don't. But I did oh, <laughs> several times. Oh, Harry is is a, is he wouldn't do that to his mates. Okay, he's a man of principle and whatever else. <laughs> And he's into secretaries, okay? We know that. He likes people he called Mary, yeah. Secretaries, yeah. okay? She didn't look like a secretary. Pete, have you ever been to Carmel by the Sea? Yeah. Yeah. Did you happen to go there when Clint Eastwood was the mayor? Uh yeah, I was there several times while Clint was the mayor. <gasps> I haven't asked the obvious question. Have you ever met Clint Eastwood? <laughs> I have not. Oh. Or his son, his extremely I have, I have hot friends son. that have met him, but I've not. I've not met him myself. <laughs> Apparently, he reversed the city ordinance that you couldn't eat ice cream on the boardwalk or something. <laughs> <laughs> In all honesty, there was something about stilettos couldn't be worn because they were worried about public suits against the council for. Oh, people tripping over. No, if you get your stiletto stuck in the in the boards, <laughs> that could be disaster. So, so when Clint was mayor, could he then order the police in that area to do whatever he wanted them to do? Or? Yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely place, is it, Pete? It's very beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's very nice. And I think he lived in uh, uh, Carmel Valley, which is kind of inland a little bit. It's kind of this nice canyon area, like with ranches, horse ranches and stuff. You can total Clint Eastwood kind of place. Wow. Is it a betrayal of his his ethos that he became the mayor? 
Mm, he, I don't, I, that's a good question. Mm. <laughs> was it more <laughs> like a Gran it. Torino situation where you, you see the old man yelling at the, the kids next door? <laughs> yeah, like and then he literally became the old man yelling at the chair. when it, at the, yeah. <laughs> If anyone's seen the, the Stallone movie Cobra, um, it's sort of a Dirty Harry reunion of sorts. You have Chico's in it and Andy Robinson. But in a turn, Andy Robinson plays like the by the book chief. Oh. Who's, mm. yeah. And there's a bit of him with a megaphone shouting out, you know, there's no need for violence. We want to help you. Please, please, please. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a good movie you can watch. I did like Andy Robinson as Scorpio. He was great. He was um, like, yeah. And then a strange sort of cartoonish sort of a way, like. Sort of overact. Sometimes it felt like overacting. Sometimes, but yeah. it just seemed to work. It just yeah. seemed to be this crazy. Yeah. I just wish him and Eastwood had been paired together in another movie. You know, maybe completely. Yeah, different. I kind of do too. Yeah. Great relationship. Yeah. yeah. Do you think? Do you think Harry has decided to throw his badge into the water at this point? <laughs> well, he do- does. He know that it's going to end near a, uh, a pool of water. Well, maybe just throw his badge someplace. Yeah. I don't know. Like, is, is he, is it, when he walks out the door, is he off the force? It feels like it. Because he, he doesn't accept the bag. He, he's like, I'm not doing that. And then he walks out to take care of business, to do what they're mm. refusing to do, which is to take out Scorpio. If it was any other character, like, he'd be more violently leaving the premises, like rushing out, slamming the door. But that's not Harry's mm-hmm. style. So it's, I don't think, I don't personally think he's quitting. He's just saying, no, I'm back. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't slam any doors when he walks well, he's, out. He's done it a few times before. I think we talked about it in the previous minute about it. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. walked off a couple of times before and just appears the next day. So, <laughs> what's, what's up, guys? It's all about rights, Pete. But here it's about the right to quit. <laughs> yeah. But Harry can't again. quit. He can't quit? He can't quit. He's married to the job. Mm. Yeah. Like, no matter, and, and, and I don't, because we were talking about, well, you sort of mentioned this before, but he doesn't like what he does. Like, he he doesn't actually like what he does. Like, he does not get any enjoyment from doing this shitty, dirty work and chasing Scorpio and killing people. I don't think he actually likes it. I Maybe a little with the bank robbery bit, but, like, he's. I think he hates what he does, but he can't not do it because he has this sense of... He loves what he does. What's he right. hates who he's, who's, who he's doing it with. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe, yeah, yeah he un- just really hates his bosses. Yeah, I might have to disagree with you a little bit, Evelyn, because I, I feel like there's no other job he could have where he could just be completely violent like this, and I think he likes that. Likes the violence, but, uh, yeah, to a point. I think to a point he likes it. I mean, he definitely, like, yeah, like the whole... Does, does Harry have a death, death wish? I don't know if death wish is the right term, but does Harry have a death wish in the same way that Scorpio does? I mean, we talked about this in the previous minute that... Um, we, we think he wants to be caught or we think he wants to get a confrontation is, I mean, obviously, I, mean, I suppose the bank robbery scene earlier on that we talked about, he was, he was waiting in for his moment, if you like. Um, but having said that is in the sense that Harry feels he can't quit is the only way that he can quit is if he's, if he's maimed or killed or something like that. Is, is there? That's the only way out of the is job. That the way, is that, that's the only way out for Harry, is it? And, and, but I actually think because this, this film doesn't really delve too much into his backstory. We know that he was married once and it's kind of a, it's kind of a bit sad 
Cool really. sad. Cool sad. <laughs> Harry is very cool sad. You were here for that. He's yeah. not, he doesn't have a divorced wife. It's not silent waters flow deep. It's cool sad, it's you know? It's cool sad. A dead wife. A dead wife. <laughs> it's, but, but, like, that's why he's he is the way he is, I think, because he doesn't have anything else. Um, he He's only got the job. And it, you, they never show – he doesn't have anything to live for outside of this at all except for that scene when he's watching the uh, – that couple meet the woman in the in the room, and he says, "Oh, maybe you should let yourself live a little bit." <laughs> like that seems to be literally the only thing he's got in his life to maybe live for. He does like to also be a peeping tom and watch other people go. He at does, it. yeah. But, um, <laughs> so good at living because he's not getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we never see his home life no. or anything like that. Um, well, to be fair, we don't get it for Scorpio either. Uh, he surface. hangs out on rooftops. Yeah. He likes <laughs> he likes people's laundry on rooftops. Like we've seen that. <laughs> Pete, have you seen the a movie called Tightrope? Clint Eastwood uh, movie. No, I haven't seen that. It's sort of like a. It might be a good companion piece with this. Like maybe if you imagine Dirty Harry, but with a family or divorced cop in New Orleans, and huh. he's got a killer that sort of. Yeah. He, I mean, he's a lot more complex than Harry, this character, and he's, like, having kinky sex with prostitutes and everything in on Bourbon Street, and he's he's, mm-hmm. di- he's a divorced cop with kids. But he's this killer is, like, going after the prostitutes he's just slept with. So, like, a cat and mouse thing where they're sort of quite- oh, okay. Si- they're quite similar. They're both, you know, both kinky. Well, they're into the bondage and so forth, and um, I don't know. It's a bit more complex three-dimensional character than- You guys should check that out, Tightrope. It's sort of a yeah, bit I will. dirty Harry, but with a bit more complexity. Yeah. yeah, the one the one I always think of when I see this is the conversation, which came out just a couple of years after this. Oh, that's San Gene Francisco Hackman, too, isn't it? Yeah, that was also San Francisco. Oh. And Gene Hackman has a personal life that I sort of imagine Dirty Harry's to be like. Oh, well, he's a he he's recording people's conversations, isn't he? Rather than mm-hmm. peeping. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he's just got it, he's very sad. Is he a PI though? Is he, or is he a, a cop? <laughs> Is he cool sad? He's a private investigator. Yeah, yeah, it is. He's cool sad. Yeah. You got me thinking, Evan, about what if Dirty Harry wasn't a cop? What else? What else would he oh, other be careers? Doing? Mm. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind was parking inspector because he, yes. you know, he likes to give out justice. He likes to <laughs> he likes to inflict pain on people. Yeah, give out tickets. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and administer justice. So, oh, judge is the obvious. I mean, judge is the, surely the obvious one. Maybe a judge. Ah, oh, but the, yeah, it would be too, too too many constraints as a judge, I reckon, for him. But, mm, yeah, he still has to play within the rules. Parking expe- uh, ticket inspector. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's a great one. I could see him as a grey ghost out in Melbourne, like putting little chalk marks on people's tires and then people running up to him when they're like five minutes late going, please don't give me a ticket. And him being like. All that is 44 Magnum. Yeah. Says, well, you, got, you got 30 seconds to drive do off you or you're getting this ticket. Yeah, well, right. do you? Here's a ticket. <laughs> Staples it to your hand. I've administered five tickets or six tickets. <laughs> Just for that, you're getting another ticket. <laughs> Well, Jerry was suggesting he might moonlight as a hot dog vendor and then because he'd have the opportunity to say, <laughs> in relation to Salmonella, do I feel lucky? <laughs> well, do you <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we think, I think, Pete, we're thinking that Harry isn't quitting at this moment. Is that right, Redders? What do you think? He just says, find a new delivery boy. He's not saying, find yourself a new cop. But I wonder what they think. Do they think he's quit? 
No, they they know what he's like. Yeah. Do they yeah, think he's just going back to the office, or is he going to the totally nude college coeds? Where's where do they think he's going right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, he's off to kill Harvey Milk. <laughs> They're more worried about re-election, aren't they? Then maybe I don't know. Well, what 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 are they actually putting in process now? Do we think? Uh, without going to future minutes, so they this this is the because we're not going to see this, but like there's a lot of. I think the thing Harry really doesn't like is all the red tape and all the hair has to fill out the paperwork. He has to get the warrant. Him walking out the door doesn't, I, I, I think it changes things for him because he's going out there with a purpose, like I'm going to end this once and for all, but he doesn't tell the mayor and friends yeah. that. So the mayor and mm. friends are probably still working on how they're going to deliver this money to Scorpio and where they're getting the plane from and blah, 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 blah. And then Harry's just out there going, Fuck this! I'm taking him down now. So, so they're probably going to give it to the AV guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> AV guy, here you go. Here's the bag. Make sure you deliver it. Yeah. Make me a cup of coffee no before you go. No molesting Scorpio now. Don't do a dirty Harry. <laughs> well, guys, I think we've got all we have to say really about the office scene, um, except to say we'll never see Bressler again. Or the AV guy. Or the AV guy. Yeah. The next time we see Harry Gardino plays Breslau will be, he skips Magnum Force, but he reappears in The Enforcer where he's got even a bigger, more garish, colourful 70s tie and and he's a lot tan, more tan than he is here. Do you, were you a big fan of Breslau, Pete? Uh, not not especially. I, I, I didn't dislike him. He's always just sort of looking at people furtively and he's sort of mm-hmm. afraid, afraid of, both the the man below him, who is ostensibly in, in control of Harry and his superiors, which is interesting because at least his direct superior just seems like a kind of a nice grandfather kind of guy. It doesn't seem like there's a lot to be afraid of there. Have you encountered him in any other any other movies, Pete? I don't know. Not off the one. top of my head. I'm sure I have, but I, I'm not sure what they would be. Well, I think we'll say goodbye to Bresler, but. I'm quoting a lot of things in this movie. I'm sorry, guys, but you can probably tell I've just I just bought the novelization about two weeks ago, so I'm really keen to. Yeah, I remember you were looking for a copy of that earlier. Yeah, I finally did. Um, anyway, it says Bressler wasn't altogether happy with Harry. Harry irritated him when he failed to solve a case, or else left a lot of loose ends hanging. Harry always seemed to need the chewing out. That was the only way Bressler knew of controlling him, besides giving him plenty of rope and hoping he didn't choke on it. After all their years together, Bressler considered himself the Callahan expert. Unfortunately, the various captains, commissioners, and mayors that came and went couldn't claim the same. <laughs> I think I think he's onto something there because Harry seems really uncomfortable when he tries to pass on some some praise. Yeah, from higher up. Yeah, that's right. So maybe maybe he does know how to manage Harry. <laughs> he's the he's Harry's rancor keeper. <laughs> uh. Well, is anyone else, anything else to say on the office scenes, Evelyn? No, I think we've unpacked all we can. <laughs> Nothing more to unpack. Can we talk about the bison now? Let's talk about the bison. Pete, how often have you been inside that paddock? Have you ever have you patted them? What, what, what can you do? Are they still exist in existence? 
Yeah, they're different ones. They uh in in the eighties, um they were having a democratic convention here and the mayor, Diane Feinstein, I think replaced because they were all getting kind of mangy and they were a little sickly. So she actually sent all the bison in the paddock to a jail, like to the San Francisco County Jail. <laughs> and she brought in a bunch of new ones so that they would look a little more, I think, you know, statuesque. <laughs> but the original ones were like descended from the 1800, like the original bison they got from the prairies. Wow. So these are kind of like gentrified bison. <laughs> but the ones in the movie, are they're the originals. They're like the sickly originals. They've had it too good for too long. <laughs> it's a cool place, though. It's it's very... It, it If you're not expecting it, it's kind of weird. You're just driving through this park, and all of a sudden, there are all these bison standing there. They don't do much. Like They very rarely do anything, actually. You just see them eat. Yeah, I was going to say, like... What- what, what do they do? I, we don't have bison here, so I don't know anything about them. But, I mean, there's a, this shot is almost, like, I, I don't know why it's in there other than to kind of, I don't know, it's next to the road where the bus is driving down. It's almost like they're like, hey, that'd be cool. Let's put the bison in there. And there's this cute little baby one in the corner, like little baby bison. And it doesn't actually, there's no information here other than the bus. Well, I mean, a lot's been said about the movie being like a, like a Western movie set in set <laughs> mm-hmm. in an urban environment, and I thought the bison was just a sort of really putting it in your face. It's like a it's like a Wild West movie with the bison and and um, yeah, I think so too. Well, it's more about how the buffalo are contained, right? Like in a zoo, you know, and like they're, so in, they're, they're wild in a- animals being contained by that little tiny fence. Well, yeah, they're an anachronism, just like Harry's Western values, Don't you know. Conf- bison, like, kill people, like, every week in Yellowstone or something like that? They almost killed Kevin Costner, didn't they, in Dances with Wolves? <laughs> oh, friendly, they finished the job. Um, yeah, he kind of had a coming. <laughs> I don't think much about his movies. But, like, it's a very tiny little fence there, like, and it's right next to a road. What if those bison decided to, like, stampede or, like, jump the fence or if, like, a kid jumped the fence? Like, it's, I don't know, aren't they dangerous wild animals? Are they dangerous, Pete? Can you pat them? Do they, have you? <laughs> I don't, you can't get close to them. But I, I, I think bison are actually pretty safe unless they're stampeding. And I think unless you're on a horse, they're probably not going to stampede. I think they're kind of like cow. They're kind of like cattle. Like they're cattle. You can get really, you can get really close to a cow, and right. it's not going to kill you. I think you probably get pretty close to to bison too. Can you push them over when they're asleep, like cows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, um, Pete. Um, we know that Harry grew up in Protrero Hill. Yeah, you, are you you a big fan of that that neighborhood, that part of San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, I like Protrero Hill. Like it, it was, it's uh. Another one of those neighborhoods that would have been a lot different when he grew up there. It would have been a little tougher when he grew up there. My wife tells me that Crotrero is Spanish for paddock. And here we have a paddock. Or an enclosed oh, yeah, pasture. Nice. Yeah. Synergy, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you go for walks often in Golden Gate Park, um, Pete? Yeah, we live like two blocks from the park, so I'm there all the time. And I, and I like walking by the bison paddock. Ah. Can you feed the bison? Is it like when you feed ducks and you can get no. like like duck feed? Can you get bison feed? Will they eat it out of your hands? <laughs> no, they just, I think they just eat grass. Like they have, they plant like something like 20 different kinds of grass in the paddock so that they, they have their favorites. 
My favorite cross. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like like many people in San Francisco. <laughs> mm. Have you been to the the Japanese gardens, Pete? Yeah, yeah. They they they. This is pretty close to the Japanese tea garden. How big is the paddock? At football field or two or American football? Sorry. Yeah. Do they have enough space to run around? Yeah, they have quite a bit of space actually. It's it's fairly big. I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of something in Australia. Maybe two Sydney Opera Houses. <laughs> nice. That's big. I'm getting concerned about these bison now. <laughs> Never mind the uh, rights of, of Scorpio. What about the animal rights of these bison? They're, they've been sent to jail. They're going mangy. And <laughs> yeah. They're locked yeah. up in a small little Do they have paddock. a caretaker? Does somebody clean up after them, feed them if they run out of grass? I think, I think it's run by the... Because the San Francisco Zoo is not far from the park. Oh, okay. So I think, I think they kind of do double duty. Okay, cool. So they're being well looked after. Yep. Yeah, they're not just... Kind of hanging out on their own. Yeah. Well, they sort of are, but not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think San Francisco is more in danger in the 70s of being overrun by Volkswagen Beetles that are everywhere. We see another one here faintly in the background, the left of the screen near the bus. Do you see a lot of beetle, old fashioned Beetles and those sort of cars, Pete, in San Francisco today? Oh, yeah. Especially the buses. There's actually a, 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 tour, a tour company. That goes that spends a lot of time in the park, and they'll go by the bison paddock, and they all drive VW buses. Oh, wow, cool! So school buses in America really look like that, like these big yellow. Yeah, yeah, buses. ugly big yellow. Yep. Still, even today, Pete. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly like that. It's very interesting because our school buses, a lot of them, to be honest, just look like public regular public transport buses. In fact, I think my dad oh, accidentally wow. got on one. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, are you going to the city? And they're like, no, we're a school bus. You can't be Which on might here. Be, uh, might be an idea for America to adopt. We might stop people uh, kidnapping and taking their kids hostage so often if the school yeah. buses weren't so identifiable, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just going to look like regular buses. And most most kids I don't don't take a school bus. Like, they're pretty rare here. I like, think most kids just take public transit. Just to, like, take the train or... Yeah, I think I think, like... If like younger kids might have some buses at some schools and certain schools have buses, like if they have to go far, but for the most part, I think the kids just, the parents take them or they take the bus or the train. Is there any reason we're coming up now to the Golden Gate Bridge? Um, I know not every, not every shot is a choice, but why does it pan down? Is it, Pete, you notice how it pans down from the arch of the bridge to the school bus? Are we expecting, like, before it pans down, we're going to see Harry there speeding in his car trying to catch up or, or you know, it's another suicide jumper scene? Why, why is that nice? Is it, The movie doesn't use a lot of the traditional shots of San Francisco, really, does it, Pete? Apart from we get the bridge twice. Um, no, that's true. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's no shots of, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they did this shot. It's interesting the way they filmed it. And Harry would have had to pass the bus at some point along here. Well, that's right. Yeah, we we don't actually see Harry go from mayor's office to the to the quarry. He just appears there, like he teleports. Yeah, and the mayor's office is farther away, so he had he had to hurry. Yeah, yeah, he really did. We yeah. got a helicopter. Helicopter. <laughs> Police helicopter. <laughs> I'm really taken by the kid in the back of the bus, though. Like the kid, he's in a lot of distress. The kid that got hit, and I kept wondering. Does that kid become Dirty Freddy? 
Good mix. Peach, you think if they made this movie today, they'd have? I mean, obviously, Scorpio's going past eventually where he buried Anne Mary Deacon. Oh yeah. Do you think if it was mm-hmm. made this day, it would have a look at him maybe looking up at the spot or something? Well, obviously, you can't see from from that part, but yeah, he's going right by where he put one of his murder victims, and yeah, he literally right by yeah. Yeah, I think that most movies would today, but I think that's part of what makes this movie cool is that a lot of it's really understated. What do you think, Redman? As you know, Kevin Spacey in Seven says, you know, you're just a movie of the weak villain. Do you like Scorpio's character? Could it be fleshed out a bit more? Hmm. Could it be fleshed out a little bit more? I mean, uh, the answer is yes, but do you care that it's not? <laughs> <laughs> not, not particularly. Um, I, as the viewer. I mean, it's really about um, it's really about narrative, isn't it? That's what it's it's narrative and motivation for as a device for the viewer to be engaged in the in the in the film, I suppose. So, I suppose I mean, look, um, Harry's a great tragedy for me that he's not more complex. So it's more it's more from the viewer's perspective. I don't know. Admiration isn't the right word, but um, grudging admiration, I suppose, to, to see what, what Harry does and how he responds. Um, and I suppose sympathy as well, perhaps, um, uh, in, in the form of frustration, if you like, which which we can see in those um, tweaks in Harry's eyes every now and then when he speaks to um, people who don't give him the answer that he, he wants, if you like. In terms of how could, how could Scorpio be a better better character well in the novel in the novelization there's a few short pages about how Bressler finds out oh is this guy Charles Davis he escaped from a mental institution a few weeks ago and there's a few scenes of Scorpio actually uh, seducing or no trying to get into the good books of Anne-Marie Deacon before he kidnaps her and Bressler says hey we know who he is Harry and he goes who cares what his name is you know, he's just got to be stopped. Mm. Harry Harry doesn't care about the backstory of Scorpio if he has him. Uh, whose movie is this? Is it Harry's movie or, or Scorpio's? Neither of them get a backstory. And um, for modern audiences, um, they probably don't like that or they don't buy that. They want to they buy into why is Scorpio as he is. Well, I feel like Scorpio too is... It- Almost a little bit of a short, a little bit of shorthand because I mean the Zodiac Killer was still going strong at this point, and everybody knew the Zodiac Killer. So instantly, I think you project your fears of the Zodiac onto Scorpio. Well, what I was going to say before is um, he could be a much more skillful villain yeah. for the audience to be to care more, if you like. Um, the, the Zodiac is well, yeah. Uh, uh, is the is the boogeyman essentially? Um, the, mm-hmm. the man the man is um is is uh, frightening, uh, or the, the person or whatever whatever is absolutely frightening. Whereas, I don't know, Scorpio, I don't know, comes across as a child or something like that with a who's good at using a sniper rifle from the rooftop. He's yeah. very immature, mm. but he's also very manipulative as well. Mm. But do you think it's scarier not knowing? What's driving him? Like, do you think it's scarier not knowing the motivation? Because it could be anybody. It could be anything. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I mean, he's already killed, what, two pe- two women in this film. Mm-hmm. A young African-American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the girl in the pool, the, fir- the first one. Yep. 
and and liquor proprietor and Mary Deacon. Yeah. Did yeah. he kill the two guys trying to eat the ice cream? No, he was thwarted. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Thank God. Um, and now he's got a whole busload of kids. I, I almost think he doesn't care who his victims are. Yeah. He's just. Yeah. Oh but, I mean, can you, what, what, would, what would Scorpio do with $200,000? Like, it's hard to imagine him spending money. Yeah, he doesn't dress very well. I would think he's funding. <laughs> he hasn't had a haircut in a while either. <laughs> I would think he's funding money to go down to Mexico and kill Chico's parents, I think. <laughs> Is that in the novelization as well? <laughs> of the expanded universe, that's right. Canon or Does he just want a holiday? He just wants to go to Mexico and <laughs> like hide out on a beach somewhere. I, I think, like, as you were saying, Evelyn, I think... The f- when when they f- earlier when they f- see him on the roof, I think, oh, he's pretty stupid. He's he's they've already sort of pretty much know who he is, and they've caught him. The, and it's like there was never from that point. And so at the start of the movie, I thought, oh, he's going to be this elusive sniper killer who they're not going to, you know, they're going to he's going to be this mystery. But very quickly that mystery goes, and you just think, oh, he's a bit of an idiot, and um, he's clearly going to get at some point get caught or get killed. You know, you, there's never any doubt about that from from then on. Mm-hmm. So unlike a lot of other movies where the the uh, bad guys are actually quite clever and and you, you there is that doubt about whether or not they're actually going to get away with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Scorpio really he's not that smart. Yeah, he's If you were basing your field of research of criminology, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, criminology, what does this movie sort of suggest that killer I mean, what what are serial killers in this movie? Cuz Harry's idiots. Harry just has his Harry just has his intuition, oh, he's going to kill again. Because he likes it. I don't know what Harry's basing that on, just his past experience. And then earlier on, the chief mouthed something about behavior patterns. You know, they return to the same place again and again. So it's a very, this very confused idea of what makes a killer, how you predict a killer in this movie. It doesn't, in the end, it's Harry's intuition that's right, isn't it? Not chief's idea about patterns of behavior. Yeah. Although, by, by your definition, could Harry be a serial killer? Yes. <laughs> Like he keeps coming back to the same, like the patterns and the. I think it's um, yeah, it doesn't get into that. That's why I think it doesn't touch in the backstory because it's not interested. Because it just, I think it's this black and white idea that people are born killers. There's good guys and there's evil guys, and and there's no real reason why anyone's got to where they are. Maybe maybe mental illness. Maybe if you think that Scorpio's got some kind of mental illness, it's sort of thinking, oh, that that all killers are mentally ill or they were born mm-hmm. evil. The trailer that came out, you know, in April, whatever, 71, plays up the the two sides of the same coin, you know, the one with the killer is Harry. But it's not mm-hmm. really not really followed through in the movie itself about, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Harry is a killer, but he's also a cop, so he's allowed to do that. Scorpio is not a cop. He's not allowed to kill people. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. He's, he's very, like, he's definitely, he's unpredictable, Definitely suffering from some kind of mental illness. I think I remember in one of my first minutes we did, we were talking about how in the backstory he may have been in the army or as a paratrooper or yeah. he had some kind of sniper background. So maybe he was, I don't know, I know, was it Vietnam War? A lot of vets came back yep. and were feeling mm-hmm. like they were um, being treated as uh, marginalized citizens, marginalized yeah. citizens because. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that war wasn't very popular, um, so maybe something has set him off that's made him go, I hate society, I hate people, um, I hate authority, I hate the police. 
And I actually do think he's been taunting the police, like, the whole time. Like, he's definitely been taunting Harry because Harry takes it so personally. I mean, Harry follows him around at one stage. Like, they keep following him into titty bars and shit. Like, (laughs) there's only one titty bar in the town, according to this movie as well, because they show it in the same bar, same shot in a few different times in the movie. I think he's definitely taunting Harry, not necessarily the police in general, but definitely Harry. All right. Because Harry caught him. You know, like he thought he was so smart and he would get away with it and then Harry caught him and tortured him and like and the whole cat and mouse like that. Maybe, but you only see that one point where he goes, big cup, Callahan, what's homicide? Callahan, big cup. Apart from that, you don't really, he doesn't call out Harry so much. Well, that's pretty much all I've got for this minute, guys. Any last thoughts, Martin? Do you like the well, school boss? Yeah, I'm interested in the, the songs, the singing of the songs yeah. and the row, row, row your boat. Is there any, any significance to that? What were the other? Was it Old MacDonald's Farm was one of the... And then the kids, I mean, you know, there was... Like, I know, that, I know there's a lot of racial elements in the movie as well and the fact that the kids are sort of all different. There's different uh, races of kids on the bus and, um, and they, they, yeah, in this, in this minute we see that kid at the back Shit, who's not who's uh, rocking back and forward? He's yeah, losing. is that mm-hmm. just bad acting, Pete, or does he? Has he got some sort of? No, um, I think that's pretty good. I think it sounds like it seems like he's in distress. Like he seems really. Is this before or after Scorpion? Scorpio, Scorpion. He hasn't hit anyone yet. He hasn't hit anyone yet. Oh, he hasn't yet. That's right. Not yet. Well, that makes sense. So that kid's losing it, and then uh, yeah. Scorpion. Does he look a bit like Chris? Chris O'Donnell? Chris Donnell? You know, from Stand by Me. Play it, Martin. He's rocking back and forth like Rain Man, or is he just? No, I think he's he's singing. I think he's having a great time. Look at him. <laughs> he's, he's rocking like, out. He's like he's dancing. Yeah, he's rocking out. He's in the back going like oh my god. Gotta leave the bus. Gotta gotta leave the bus. Gotta leave the bus. But they sing row 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 your boat, which I wondered if there was any like significance for that. And um, apparently, though, it's a song that appeals to kids and adults, and could be it's like a song about life. You got to row your boat, and put in a lot of effort. Merrily, merrily. Oh, so good and later then on. Life is but a dream, and it's all about if you work hard and get what you want in life. And I guess Scorpio's working real hard. To or are get they what talking about row- they talking about rowing your boat to Alcatraz? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, that's Scorpio. On I find it interesting when Scorpio got onto the bus and he has these kids who he has to try and manage. Like he has to, and it's sort of that's the only moment. Where you know you almost see the human side of him in a way where he has to think, oh, that's how would he entertain kids? Or we'll get them to sing a song, and he's, you know, you can. Then Scorpio knows these kids' songs. You, you almost until that moment you don't think of Scorpio as a kid or as knowing kids' songs or has been able to relate to kids. Like so, he's able to for a certain amount of time keep yeah. them under mm-hmm. control by just singing songs until he yeah. turns back to his normal mode of control, which is violence. So a few minutes ago, he was just saying. Go back on board, honey. Honey, just turn. Thanks, honey. He can be quite charming. He can turn it on. That scene where he's in the liquor store talking to the guy, like when he needs, this again, him being manipulative, when he needs to be, he can be a nice, charming person and seem relatively normal. He doesn't look normal. Every psychopath can do that. I mean, they're good at turning on the charm, good at acting, you know? Yeah, Yeah. that's right. And then it starts to break down and then that's when the violence comes out, when they see through his... His charade? Charade? Veneer. Veneer. I don't know. See through, they see through him and <laughs> yeah. that's when the violence comes out because... Mm, when he's found out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Pete, any last thoughts? No, this was fun. Yeah, you scared for these kids at the moment? Or they're just gonna have a nice little bus ride? Yeah, they're gonna get to go. They're gonna get to go through the Waldo Tunnel in a couple of minutes. That's always fun. Oh, there's oh. a tunnel. That's a rainbow one, isn't it? The Waldo Tunnel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Is it still rainbow oh, they, painted? They ch- it's still rainbow, but they changed it to the Robin Williams Tunnel a couple of years ago. Oh, oh that's, that's nice. Yeah. Well, Pete, many many thanks for joining us here today. Yeah, thanks. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. We love speaking to our heroes, and in podcast terms, Indiana Jones Minute was the first minute by minute podcast I encountered, and big big oh, wow. fan. Yeah. Wow. Oh, nice. So many thanks to you, and of course the the you know Andy and Pete the retailer at Star Wars Minute for starting off this great enterprise. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's nice to hear. Thank you. When are you going to start uploading Crystal Skull Minute? <laughs> uh, maybe by the time this airs, it'll be out. Oh, great. It, 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 yeah, not too long. You got some in the tank already? You've started? We do. We do. And it's uh, unfortunately not quite as good a movie as this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't get to see City Hall again, do you? Or, no. No, we don't. We don't. Well, and uh, Martin, many thanks for having us in your lovely home. No worries. Thanks for coming. Thanks for inviting me. It's been interesting. Until I uh, met you, John, I had no idea that these minute reviews existed. So this is all um, a whole new world has opened up for me. If you were to start one of your own, what movie would you pick? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You've got to pick something Irish here, like uh, uh, Mary Riley. No, what's one of those movies? Angela's Ashes Minute, that would be pretty pretty sad, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty foot oh, In the name of the Father Minute, oh gosh. Are, are generally the one minute reviews, are they they're generally quite lighthearted and comedic? Are, not, are, they very, are they ones that get very serious? And, and Yeah, well, the Heat Minute, we're talking about Heat Minute, that must get pretty serious. So. And Evelyn, thank you again. Thanks for having me. It's fun yeah. as always. And it was good to have the magic of you and your brother Redmond here together. I know, you've been trying to line this up for a while. Yeah. I'm not sh- well. I don't know why. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, totally fine, but still very odd. Like, I just want a brother and sister on a podcast. Do you think this is the world's first? Clamoring, Pete. You no, don't understand, no. Pete. Uh, John clamors for guests. I mean, it's uh, no, he doesn't. He's got great guests all the time. <laughs> I'm just copying Pete because you know Jerry and Professor Porter. You know, great siblings. That's right. Yeah, we love siblings. We're not the first then, never mind then. (laughs) No, on their own podcast. (laughs) We're the first on the Dirty Harry Minute podcast. We'll catch you next time on Dirty Dirty Harry Harry Minute. Minute. Minute.